Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. And verse 1 says this, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. In my distress, the Lord enlarged me. And yet we all know that not everyone who goes through difficulties and stress comes out better. Not everyone gets broadened or grows. We've all probably met people, maybe you may be one yourself, that get stopped by the distress, park your life because of what's happened. Some people even are broken by it. And I've met many people that to this point have not recovered because of a time of great difficulty. But the psalmist says, in his case, he said, I got enlarged in my distress. Let's read on because you might go, well, it obviously wasn't a very big problem. But Psalm 4 verse 2 says, How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make your groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? You can be sure of this. The Lord sets apart the godly for Himself. The Lord will answer when I call to Him. Don't let sin by by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. Here He goes again. You can see this guy's gone. One minute he's right there trusting God. The next minute, his emotions overwhelm him again. Look at what he says. Many people say, who will show us better times? Is it ever going to get good again? Is it ever going to be better? Am I going to come out of this okay? Is this situation going to be the, the stamp on my life from this point on? Many people say, who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. Listen to this in verse 8. In peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, are going to keep me safe. So in the midst of something that was incredibly real, he says that despite my circumstance, despite my environment, despite great pressure, I got better. In my distress, I grew. In my distress, my life went to another level. And you've got to ask yourself, what did this guy do right? What was it about the way he responded in the middle of difficulty that made him come out better? Because I believe that the plan of God always is that you and I will see our life increase and grow. Proverbs says that the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Again, another verse in Proverbs that says the way of life winds upwards for the wise. It winds for sure. There may be some moments where you aren't facing the direction you want to go because you're on the other side of the winding part of it. But I'm telling you, eventually, if you'll keep following the track, you end up higher than where you were before. I've never met a Christian that has somehow rather managed to escape pressure or difficulty. But I've met many of them for whom 
pressure was not the end of their story. It was just the end of one chapter and the beginning of a new one. And so what did this person do right is where I want to spend a bit of time with you today. Firstly, it's obvious, I know, but sometimes we overlook the obvious. Firstly, they made the Lord their hope. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit like the psalmist. I make Him my hope and then I make something else my hope. And then I make Him my hope and then I make something else my hope. And then I make Him my hope and then I take back the problem and I worry it to death. And sometimes the worrying it to death is what happens to me. So He's made the Lord His hope. And then secondly, He realises that His relationship with God is a two-way street. He says, the Lord will answer when I call because He set me apart for Himself, it says in verse 3. And I don't know about you, but the longer I follow Jesus, the more I am impacted by the fact that my relationship with God is a two-way street. I've raised three children, four grandchildren now for Rhonda and myself. And I know what it's like when you've got a little baby. Just this week, I was carrying little baby Sloan, four and a half months. And you know, she's strong enough to hold her head up and to be able to, uh, you know, sit up somewhat, etc. But you know, I'm there with my big hand. This morning, as I walked her in the back garden, I had my big hand covering her face as we started walking towards the sun to cover her. As we walk down, I'm holding on to her. When we get to the back door to open the screen to go inside, my hand is there to protect her and to keep her safe. Why? Because it's not, well, it's all up to you, but I'm her grandfather. And I, because I'm her granddad, a part of my role is to be a protector. I want to tell you that the heavenly father, he's not a grandfather for any, he's only a father to many. But you know, the Heavenly Father, I thank God that not only did I get saved by a Saviour, but I thank God I'm kept by a Saviour. I thank God that Jesus is holding on to me more even than I'm holding on to Him. When you take that little uh, child's hand to cross the road, you know, you don't just kind of let them hold on to your, your finger like that as they walk across the road, hoping they'll hang on. Ah, oh, well, too bad they let go. I was thinking this week about my youngest daughter once we were crabbing down at Mandurah. And for those of you who've never been here, that's a city about an hour and a quarter or so south of Perth. And it's famous for the crab festival because they get all these blue manor crabs come in and you scoop them up and whatever. Well, we put some crab nets out on, on a little jetty and all the kids were enjoying catching all these crabs. And at one point in the excitement, my daughter, who I don't remember how old she was, but she accidentally stepped off the jetty into the water, which was flowing very fast. But I want to tell you, before you could blink, my big paw reached down into the water, grabbed her and just one, in one lift, pulled her up out of the water before she even had a chance to gasp. Why? Because that's what your heavenly Father is like. 
I want you to get this this morning. Come on. Please don't think that the Christian life is about how hard you paddle, about how strong you are, about how fast you can go. Don't act like it's all up to you. You are saved by a Saviour, but you are kept by that same Saviour. That Saviour that will protect you. He'll watch out for you. He's there for you. He's ahead of you. Only heaven will reveal when we get there. How many times we were about to make a misstep and God rescued us. I reckon a lot of us are gonna get there and we'll see the playback, the video, and we'll go, I didn't know that was headed toward me. I didn't know that was coming my way. I didn't know that that thing over there would have taken me out. And now we'll look back and we'll say, I see the protection of God. I see that God was there for me. Listen to me, you may feel incredibly alone. You can feel like no one knows or like no one cares, but there is a heavenly Father who cares for you. Fear not little flock. You know, when the Bible talks about God's family, it often uses the word for children, for little ones, for small ones. Why? Because at the heart of all of us, as strong as we are, as experienced as we are, as intelligent as we are, we're all just kids, isn't that right? All my children now have grown up. Now, well, two of them have got their own children. But you know what? I said this to someone the other day, no matter how old they get, they're still just your kids. Amen. And you never lose the heart of wanting to protect them. I don't know who I'm speaking to all through this service today. I've felt like there were people and life feels hopeless to you. I'm, I'm not presuming whatever circumstance it might be. I don't know where you are, but I've kept on feeling this. And I believe that right through this service in the worship, not just in the preaching, but in the worship. The Holy Spirit has been saying to you, it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless and you're not hopeless. God's got a plan for your life. God wants you to, to receive Him. God wants you to lift up your hand and grab a hold of Him. If you're a parent here, not everyone is, I know, but if you are, you know what it's like to have your kids around about your ankles, around about your feet, and then they come in and they grab a hold. If they think someone's a bit scary, they wrap their arms around dad or mum's leg. Huh? They're holding on, looking up. Is that okay, dad? Oh, what a beautiful picture. Huh? I'm not trying to be childish, but I, I'm sad that sometimes people lose childlike and we start acting like it's all up to me. You know, I've got to produce and I've got to be this amazing super Christian. Oh, where's the phone booth in which I change and come out as Christian Superman or woman? Well, I want to tell you, there's no phone booth. There's only the great Holy Spirit who will come into your life and empower you. And above all of that is the Lord Jesus who's watching over you from all of heaven. There is nothing coming your way that He doesn't foresee. There is nothing that is coming your way that He won't protect and reach out to bless you because you are the apple of God's eye. Amen. You're the apple of God's eye. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. That lady up there wants to. Why not? Awesome. Amen. By the way, they're not clapping my preaching. They're clapping the, the wonder of God and who He is. So we are kept by the same Saviour. Verse 4 tells us, be careful when you're under pressure. This is what the psalmist did. Watch what he says. Don't, let, don't sin 
by letting anger control you. How many people here have ever shot your mouth off? You've opened up your big white trap. You have said things in the heat of the moment that later on you thought, what on earth did I say that for? Nobody, just me, praise God. Uh, thank God, what a mature church you are. How godly, how spiritual, how, how just already there you are. He says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. In the Australian version of the Bible, it says, shut up. <laughs> now there isn't one, I just said that because that's kind of what we'd say, we'd say, zip it. You know, forget it, you know, or things like that. Shut up. He says, restrain your conversation. Why? Because when you're under pressure, the more you talk about it, it doesn't make it go away. Psalm 39 verse 1 says, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. There's a great verse, I think it's Psalm 73, but don't quote me on it. It says, now may Israel say, it says it about six times through the Psalm. Now may Israel say, there's a time when you should talk about how bad it was and the time is after. Amen. While you're in it, find someone to pray with you. Doesn't mean you've got to pretend. Doesn't mean you can't address it, but don't make it just this conversation that goes everywhere about how difficult it is. So he makes the Lord his hope realises that he's hanging on to him. Be careful of your words. But I want to take you just for a minute to another example of someone who got enlarged through the stress. Luke 22, verse 31, New Testament this time. Luke 22, verse 31, the Lord said, this is at the end, Simon, Simon, this is Peter he's speaking to, Simon Peter. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And watch this. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now, Peter is mightily offended by Jesus saying this. I'll tell you why in a minute. But he's mightily offended about it. And this is his response in verse 33. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus doesn't go, wow, you're amazing. He says, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day before you deny me three times that you know me. Before dawn comes, Peter, you're going to tell everybody you've never heard of me. You, you've got nothing to do with me. Bang goes all the miracles. Bang goes all the great things that Peter's gone about preaching about. All gone, haven't got a clue. Now of all the disciples, I think it's hardest for Peter to hear this. He's the very first disciple Jesus called. Peter and Andrew, 10 in the nets, come follow me. Peter doesn't even go, I'll think about it. Let me pray about it. He goes, I'm there. And he leaves his nets and goes and follows Jesus. Who gets out of the boat in the middle of the storm and walks on the water? Peter. There's three people with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration that get to see Him talking to Moses and Elijah. Guess who one of them is? Peter. This guy must have thought like, hello, 
I'm your best disciple and you think I'm going to walk away? Jesus, I'm ready to go to prison and even to death. I am your best shot at a future. If you're looking for the star player, the franchise player of the new kingdom of God, Jesus, I'm it. I got this. I'm with you. Jesus says, oh, no, you're not. He could have easily thought, why me? He definitely gets offended. Verse 32 tells us that there's something beyond this time of distress and, and all the pressure of it. Verse 32 says, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned, watch this, Jesus tells him in advance, he said, you're gonna do it. But when you return, here's the job for you. Strengthen your brethren. Now listen to me, who is the best to strengthen the brethren? Somebody that never left. Why not John who was there at the cross? Follow Jesus faithfully. The one who heard Jesus' last words on the cross. The one who Jesus spoke to and said, Son, behold your, your mother. Mother, behold your son. And says to John, take this, my mom, home to your home. Let her live with you. Look after her from now on. Wouldn't you pick him to strengthen the brethren, the guy who hasn't failed? But listen, God's got a different perspective on brokenness. God's got a different perspective on trial to the one we have. We want someone who's never been touched. We want someone who's never failed. And God says, I specialise in getting failures to become the answer. I specialise in getting those that everyone else writes off to be the people that I use greatly. Strengthen your brethren, and He does. In Luke's Gospel 24, verse 11, it says that after Jesus has risen and, and the women come back and tell them about it, it says that they all the disciples you know, treated it like they were just idle tales. And then it says in verse 12, but Peter... Peter, just Peter, after denying Jesus, Peter gets up and runs to the tomb and discovers the empty tomb and the grave clothes that are there. In Acts 1 verse 15, before the day of Pentecost, when all the disciples are gathered together, guess who it is who stands up and tells them all about what's going to happen and that we need to stay here while we wait on God. Guess who? It's Peter, you're right. Guess on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 14, which is the apostle? Which is the disciple that stands up and leads all the rest of them in addressing the crowd? Well, of course, it's Peter. I want you to know today, with all your heart, please, I never preach sermons, but I do deliver messages to people's hearts and to their minds. And for some of you that feel like nothing's going to get through the darkness and the pressure. I want you to hear this. Would you hear it this morning? Today, whatever time it is where you are, you can come out better. Peter failed badly. One of the Gospels implies that he swore, he blasphemed when they kept pressuring him that he was a follower of Jesus. He started to use bad language. You go like, what, 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 huh? 
you're going to be looking at him going, what about all that stuff you said back there? There are preachers that used to be preachers and you're a part of this service somewhere in the world. You know, you've walked away from God because of a distress and a pressure in your life. Something happened that you felt like just shut the door and you can never come back. But I'm here to tell you today, you can be better. You can come out better out of whatever it is. In my distress, the Lord enlarged me. The enemy says you'll never get over this. You'll never be the same again. Well, part of that's true. You'll never be the same again. But it depends which way you're going to address this. Am I going to come out of it going, well, that's the end and shut the door, weld it shut, never visit that, that's old history? Am I going to come out of it saying, you know, I'm going to make the Lord my hope. God, if you can do it for anybody, you can do it for me. God, you're hanging on to me. You never let go. I will never leave you nor forsake you, the Scripture says. I don't know about you, but there's some verses of the Bible that I know them, my head knows them, but my heart goes, whoa. You know what I mean? Because all of us have had someone leave us. We've had someone leave us because, you know, they hurt us, we hurt them. They left us because, well, I don't know, they got bored, sick of us. And Jesus says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So it may be true that you'll never be the same again. Maybe you'll be one of those people that gets enlarged in your distress. Maybe if you'll say today, I'm going to make the Lord my hope. Come on, I, I know today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know I'm talking to people today and this is God speaking to you. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not trying to embellish my words by putting His name over it. But I know that if you'll make the Lord your hope today, if you'll go out of here going, you know what? I, I did have that pain. The psalmist doesn't hide it. He doesn't pretend, well, actually, it was actually not so bad. He goes, no, it was ugly. It was wrong. He was, it was unjust. People were accusing him of all kinds of stuff. He says, but you know what? He says, I'm not going to let that prevent me walking with God. I realise that he's hanging on to me. It's not just me hanging on to him. I'm going to start from now on being careful of my words. God, I've got a future. I've got a hope. I'm going to start realising there's a purpose beyond this test. Strengthen your brethren when you return to me. When you get through this, Peter, it'll feel like you're the worst in the world. It'll feel like you're a complete failure. But I've got a job for you to do. And you'll do it well in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that in you there is redemption, there is hope, there's salvation, there's life. In you, Lord, there's not just second chances, but there's a life of mercy. There's a life of grace. You've set us free because of Jesus. My heart is clean, so I will rise 
and lift my head for by his mercy my life was spared the highest has set me free because of Jesus my heart is clean sing it with us come on so I will rise and lift my by his mercy my life was spared the highest name has set me free because of Jesus because of Jesus my heart is clean Father I pray today for people that may feel like they've failed you failed themselves, failed others pray for the hundreds of people that are a part of this service that had thought really you'd never want them back but Lord you want them to just simply say yes again because of Jesus my heart is clean come on sing it for I will rise and lift my for by His mercy, my life was spared. The highest name has set me free. Because of Jesus, my heart is clean. You know, if you're a part of this service, whether you're here in the building or not, or whether you're you're at home or wherever you may be. The mercy of God is incredible. God doesn't ask you to prove it. Isn't it interesting? He never said to Peter, now, after you've mucked up, we're going to put you on probation for a while. Because after all, if you blew it once, how do we know you won't blow it again? So look, we're just going to park you for a little while. We're going to kind of make you sit at the back because we're not sure about you anymore. But Jesus never did that. Immediately, Peter returns to Christ. We see Peter stepping up and doing exactly what Jesus said he'd do. God's got a plan for your life, but it does require you to do the returning. God's never going to come into your life and barge His way in, throw you around, pin you down. And so I said, let me in. He doesn't do that. He waits for us to open the door and allow Him in. He waits for our yes. That's how beautiful and how simple it is. In this church, we've created this space called Yes Text. If you're in Australia, it's the number 0488 826 392. If you're outside of Australia or you'd like to get support and help via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.org.au and all that'll happen is this, nothing more complicated than this, is that the next day, either on the phone, if you send it via text or on the email, you will get a scripture from us, a different one every day for 30 days, a prayer, a different one every day for 30 days. You can opt out whenever you want. It's all in your control. We don't spam people. We'll never write and ask you for money. We'll never do anything like that. 
we want to help you. We want to encourage you wherever you are. You can live a great life for God. And so if you want to do that, the number again is 0488-826392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au. Send us your yes so we can start helping you to walk with Christ. Be our joy to do that, really. I'm so looking forward to tonight. I, I man, like, hello. Yeah, this service could just keep on going all right through to tonight. Can we stand together if you're in the building, wherever you are? We're going to sing the whole song again, if you would, please, team. I want you for just a minute. If you lift your hand, recognising there's a far bigger hand reaching out to you. When I hold my hand up, it's not me saying, look how powerful I am. I'm holding my hand up and saying, Lord, would you hold on to me? Come on. I meet people all the time that say to me, I'm not a very good Christian. I hear that a lot. I say, look, I don't know any perfect ones. We're all on a journey to completeness and wholeness in Christ. But I realise when I hear them say it that the enemy keeps using their imperfection to prevent them from having all that God wants for them. As though somehow or other, the only people that get it is all those other ones that have made it. I go, well, there aren't any of us. No, it's all mercy. It's all grace. Amen. Come on, let's worship God. Let's sing it. Go out with a great song in our heart today in Jesus' Name before we have ministry time. Let's sing it. Precious blood has left me forgiven Pure like the whitest of snow Powerful to make sin and shame retreat This covenant is making me whole So I will
who's a part of this service, whether you're in Coral Bay or Albany or Columbia or Malaysia, wherever you are. It's so awesome to be together. Now tonight is going to be extended worship. We do this regularly in this church because the presence of God is so amazing. And it's going to be a great, great night. If you can come and be in the building, I would if I was you. I know that it'll be special. But wherever you are, why don't you tune in and let God speak to your life and do something. 